0: You're listening to Gospel Centered Rest, and I am here today with Mr. Pastor Reverend Doctor Byron Burke. The right honorable very. The right. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> is that some kind of math joke? A very, a no. very no. no. Well, we are uh, we are actually it's just it's just Byron and I today. David um, David is somewhere in the south of France. I don't know if he wants me to tell people that, but that's where he is as far as I know. <laughs> is that where he is? Yep. Yeah, somewhere somewhere in France, but um but this is going to be good. This is a uh this is a discussion that Byron and I have um have been wanting to have and uh it's kind of sprung sprung to a um a what what's the word I'm looking for? It's it's sprung out of sprung out of, that's better, There you sp- go. sprung out of uh, what Byron's been preaching on uh, this past week. He uh, took us through parts of the book of Hebrews, Hebrews 3 and 4, and then this coming week, you're in the latter part of Hebrews 4, and then...
1: Yep, we're going to hang at the beginning of chapter 5, bringing in a bit of chapter 2 as well.
0: Okay, awesome so um, so there's so much though in the book of Hebrews and I was wondering, Byron, did you want to just kind of lay out a little bit of what our discussion is going to be about today and um, some of the things maybe we'll maybe we'll talk about?
1: Well, just picking up on what we did cover this idea of rest and mm. that it's not about how hard we're working. It's this pattern that God set down right from the beginning that the preacher in Hebrews carries us back and gives us this high-level overview to say, there's a rest that we can enter into, just like God did. Mm -hmm. And that's what we call salvation. So with that sort of a perspective, he then talks about how what we'd say the Bible— impacts us he talks about Mm. the word of god being alive and Mm -hmm. he's quoting a psalm from david so he's going back Mm. you know incredible amounts of time is it a thousand years and then he's reflecting back even earlier to joshua so at another Mm. thousand years and then back to creation you know it's just this huge amount of time and he says hey are you hearing what god is saying to you you know people say oh i just wish god would tell me what to do Uh, you want to hear the voice of god well he says are you listening Hmm. because when he quotes that psalm says god is speaking god was speaking then the holy spirit was speaking and it has the same impact right now because it's still today god hasn't shut it down and therefore, how do we respond to Jesus? Mm-hmm. How do we see him uh, as our high priest? And that's what we're going to focus in on more this week. What difference does it make mm-hmm. that Jesus is our high priest? Mm-hmm.
0: What do you think, um, how, how would you explain the whole, so if we go back to that question, um, that really comes out of chapter 4, verse 7, that you were just explaining. It says, he again specifies, a certain day, today, he specified this speaking through David after such a long time ago. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. What what does he mean by hearing God's voice?
1: I'd argue that it's not voices in your head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not a strong impression that I should do this or right. drive this direction and the rest of that. That. It's the same sort of thing when Jesus says, "He who has ears to hear, mm, let him right. hear." Well, of course, everybody heard him say that, but it's the almost like v- yeah. very
0: prophetic, right? Yeah, like that's kind of prophetic language. Yeah, in some sense,
1: and like obviously everybody could hear the actual words, mm. but the implication is that you can hear the words and not hear. So I found it interesting in reading that the language that's used, the verbs, the hearing and the idea of obeying is really the exact same word. It's just one is intensified that much more. So it's that idea of if you hear his voice, in other words, are you really wrestling with, coming into contact with the meaning of what he is saying here, what you're reading, for instance, as you're mm. as you're reading your Bible. Mm-hmm. What difference does it make to you? It, is it penetrating to the point where you are growing in your understanding and so you're going to do mm. something about it? You're going to obey. You're going to believe. You're going to make This particular choice because of what you understand. That to me is what it means when he says, if you hear his voice, well, don't harden your heart. Mm -hmm. Don't follow their example of sinful disobedience. Believe Mm -hmm. that God's going to do what he said he did. Mm -hmm. Well, we flesh that out the more we read the scriptures. Yeah. And we hear what Jesus said he's going to do and what he has done. And then the apostles explaining the impact of what he did and looking forward.
0: It's almost like um, this verse really is connected so well to, uh, to verse 12. Like the connection there is um, for the word of God is living and effective. So when we listen to the word of God and we read the word of God, we're hearing God's voice. And he's saying it's, it's sharper than any two-edged double sword. So it's like the Word of God, God's voice, is able to pierce, as it says, to penetrate as far as the separation of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. Um, the Word of God is the only thing that can pierce that hardened heart. Um, and that can separate those things, and they can expose... The thoughts and the intentions of the heart itself. Um, so I just, I just love that idea of um, that. If we hear it, we believe it, and it changes our life. It changes how we live our life and choices that we make. Um, is that kind of? Do you think in the ballpark of what he's, what A- he's absolutely explaining yeah. here?
1: And I think as he uses the example, he keeps going back. Quoting Psalm 95, yeah. and reflecting back to the people on the border of the promised land, what they heard was totally overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, so the guys that went in weren't professional um, spies or whatever, but when they came back and said, these guys are huge, they're big, you know, they're not lying. They're not telling them something that's not true. Mm -hmm. The cities were, they saw walled cities, all this sort of stuff. But the question was, okay, in light of what they were seeing, Mm -hmm. they made the choice that, okay, we really cannot accomplish what God says he's going to do for us. Mm -hmm. It's like they're focusing on themselves and drawing a conclusion based on that taking god out of the equation and god has said no i'm going to give you this i'm going to be with you we are going to conquer here Mm -hmm. and they chose not to listen in that sense not to believe him but instead to say you know how about we get a new tour guide uh, who will take us back to egypt because it Mm -hmm. was really way better there and you think wow
0: Mm -hmm. they wanted to go back to the land of goshen (laughs) you know i was just thinking about that that's where um, the people of Israel settled when they went to um, meet with uh, when they when Joseph's brothers and his family moved into Egypt. They moved and settled in the land of Goshen. And so every time you see that come up throughout Exodus, like I want to go back, it's they want to go back to that to that land that brought blessing at a time, but also brought um, uh, devastation to them in yeah. slavery and um, and, and, and the oppression that, that took place, but God's rescued them out of that. And I think what's, uh, what's kind of neat. Oh, like what you're saying, like, it's, um, like they, they, they were just to believe God, to trust in his promises. Like God had promised this land that he was going to take care of it. They just had to step forward in faith, but yet like isn't that like us though, sometimes, you know, like we find it so hard just to, just to believe that he's going to provide or believe that he's going to do what he said to do. And so we need, we need these verses and these, and uh, these reminders.
1: The later chapters of Hebrews, mm. and we're not going to go there on Sunday, we won't have time, but he talks more about, okay, when we talk about believing God, we usually call that Faith. Right. And so like chapter 11, he stock- talks about, well, here's a hypothesis, you know, a basic premise. Faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance of what we do not see. So it's this acting on the basis not of what we see. And that's just obviously <laughs> contrary to human nature. And certainly a society that has rejected anything of the supernatural or spiritual in many ways. This is an annal of, okay, well, this guy did this, and this guy did this, and look how he acted. The one that really struck me that I'd never picked up on before was a reference to Joseph. Hmm. That's later on in that chapter, and it, it says joseph when he died so you go back to talking about the land of goshen and where they were he's he's right at the front end right yeah he's the first guy in yeah right um and it says when he died he gave instructions to them of what to do with his bones when they left mm-hmm. you know and there was no indication at that point that they were going to be slaves that he's talking 400 years, but he has this utter confidence that God is going to do what God says He's going to do. So he's making plans for, don't forget to bring my bones with you when yeah. you go 400 years from now. I'd never yeah. ever thought of that before. Mm. but just that reflection on, yeah, this is faith. When mm. we believe what He says, we're not, reli- it's faith, not sight. It,
0: that's actually an interesting perspective um, that, you're, that you're talking, like, to link that to Hebrews chapter 11, the faith chapter, because if you think about it, a lot of those people that are mentioned in the faith chapter, if not all of them, I don't have it in front of me, um, I can turn there, but um, a lot of them had to do with that promise of the, uh, of, of the promised land. Right yeah. Of finding rest in the promised land, so like Joseph, as you're saying, for instance, Abraham, it was all about the promised land, and what God had promised was going to be inherited, so yeah, that's a that's a really interesting connection to make i I'm, I'm glad you brought that up.
1: One other thing came up. Uh, we're reading a thing by Carson right now, and we're in Hebrews 11. And at the end, he says, they were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. Wow. And that whole idea of when we trust God, it's not that he's got to ante up next year or Mm. that he's got to prove himself within this time period. They believed him and trusted him even though they never saw it. So how do we live that out? Well, it's not just this, well, I have this faith and that's fine for you and somebody else, as if it's just pie in the sky and I'm hoping it's true and I got my fingers crossed. It's no, this faith is because God is trustworthy. Hmm. Faith is because he's shown that we can rely on him and he's going to keep his word and he's going to deliver in the right time, though it may not be my timeline. And I Hmm. think that's the struggle that we see these men and women went through as well. And they had wonderful victories and they had horrible, uh, you know, trials. And some of them mm. were totally persecuted and killed and all the rest. But it said, God's still in control. Mm. You can still trust him and believe in him. And in one sense, that's what the rest is all about because mm. you're not relying on yourself.
0: So we can be at rest today, yeah. in our belief and in our trust of His promises and what is to come. Um, and on on Sunday, you had are are you gonna this coming Sunday? Are you gonna spend more time? Did you say in verses twelve and thirteen, or are you, or are you leaving them in the in the past?
1: We're probably gonna leave twelve and thirteen in the past. Okay, <laughs> at least at this point, I think we are. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm looking at. The last paragraph of chapter four. Right. So okay, verse fourteen. Right. In the first paragraph of chapter five. Perfect. And reflecting back a little bit on yeah. chapter two, where it talks mm-hmm. about Jesus being human and how he shared in our humanity.
0: That's awesome. I can't I can't wait. But something that you did mention this past Sunday, maybe it was like one of your last points. Um, but it's like when you when you hear put this way, it's like this like sigh of Of relief, because I think that this can be twisted to push us as believers into more of like a fearful, and I don't mean like a good fearful; I mean like a bad fearful sense before God. Um, But verse thirteen, and you just made a quick comment. You you, like you talked about a little bit. Verse thirteen says, "No creature is hidden from Him, but all those are naked and exposed." the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. And sometimes we can read verses like that and passages like that and just have this like fear overcome, like, Oh no, you know, he's gonna, he's going to cut me down for all those, you know, things that I may have done, um, all the sin that I've hidden or whatever it might be, whatever the aspect is. But what you said on Sunday, um, just like emphasizes the rest that, that, the book of hebrews is is getting across this like eternal rest um that this is this is where rest is and the fact that we know god has seen everything and yet i, I think this is like a direct quote of what he said and yet he still loves us and promises us rest yeah it's not uh um you know <laughs> you know the the image has been has been painted sometimes like we're gonna stand before god and there's gonna be a, pro- a projector playing and. He's just gonna go through everything with us um that's not what's that's not what's coming what's what's coming is we're gonna be standing before a God who has seen everything who does know everything and even in that he loves us and he's welcoming us into this rest and that's just so anyways thank you for thank you for 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 bringing that out because i I do think like these verses sometimes and you and i were talking about this together but these verses sometimes especially verse 12 and 13 cuz they're i mean they're wanna verses and yep and yep. we're we're all about memorizing verses and we're all about you know everybody memorizing verses that's great like scripture memory is a great thing but the the trick is is sometimes when you just you pull these kinds of verses out of their context you're 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 you can interpret them a certain way that the context isn't isn't Supposed, like it's not supposed to be interpreted that way concerning the context and so to read verse 12 the word of the God is living, active, sharper than any two-edged sword penetrating as far as separation and soul, joints and marrow and then verse 13 um, you're exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account to read those verses out of context is to miss the message of rest yeah. that, you're, um, that you're pointing out on Sunday, so thank you for saying those things and spending time in that. I think that's um, that's great. And then as that moves into verse fourteen, just really looking forward to that this Sunday.
1: It's just yep. It points us to Jesus. Just says, "Hey, think about it." and In light of that, mm-hmm. what a contrast that our brother sort of the language he's used before and he's going to mm. come back to it. We're the same family. He identifies with us. Yeah. He's done all he can. He's done what he's done because he loves us. And so he says, he, he's made the way. So let's come with confidence to the throne of grace. You know, it's, it's that don't leave, don't go away, don't mm. turn away because... Well, if Jesus isn't worth anything, it's no way. He is so much better. So don't worry. Come. Find that rest. Live in that rest. Because you're in Christ. And he's done it. Mm. And he goes on just to expand it. The book of Hebrews keeps one thing after the other.
0: Mm. Amen. Is there anything that you know we could read before this Sunday or you know, like in preparation of this Sunday that would, that would be helpful?
1: That's a good question. I guess it depends how much time you have. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'd be tempted to say the whole book of Hebrews, you see the flow. Yeah. That's a chunk though. Although that's like 20 I, minutes maybe. Yep, yeah, I would say 20
0: minutes or so the 13 chapters.
1: Now, if, if it's a little more reflective, if you're mm. a slower reader, it might, might end up being an hour. Yeah. But like we said earlier, it's obviously a preacher, because when he's done yeah. 13 chapters, he says this brief word of expect, exhortation, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, my yeah. last point. Uh, yeah. But that just helps for those who really have yeah. more time. Going back and even doing a skim of things like Numbers and mm. Leviticus you're, and Exodus, you're reminded of this was the scenario. This was yeah. the big picture that they had been living with yeah. and under, and how Jesus was changing everything. Yeah. The new covenant that God had promised.
0: It's often been said that Hebrews is a commentary on the book of Leviticus. So, yep. um,. It's exactly. almost like it's a sermon on the book of Leviticus. So <laughs> so, so, you could go back and read uh, the book of Leviticus with that. So, But thank you. Thank you, Byron. Thank you for bringing these passages to our attention and to um, just reminding us, um, not just the importance of finding rest in God, but what that, what that practically means for us here and now um, in this life, but also for the life to come. So thank Amen. you. Amen.
1: Thank you.